Welcome to the world of ball court. It has been a crazy world. That's the nets are loading up and transport protocol is getting quite busy right here on ball court. Hey, this is ball court. I'm your host, Coach Brew, and this is the world of basketball. And let me tell you, I know it's been some time since you heard from me, so you know a lot of things has been taking place in basketball. And one of the first things I'm going to go ahead and jump right into, let's go ahead and talk about the elephant in the room. And I'm just seeing the elephant in the room. I'm assuming that next next week, this elephant will be recruited by the New, by the New Jersey Nets. Did I call them the New Jersey Nets again? Yes, they're the Brooklyn Nets now. But I'm going to still forever in my heart be the New Jersey That's I grew up a Knicks fan. That's how we do. But nonetheless, the Brooklyn Nets is loaded up. And when I mean loaded up, I mean loaded up. Yes, we all heard about their big three monster with James Harden, Kevin Gar- Kevin D- Kevin D- Durant, and not to mention Kyrie Irving. That is a phenomenal trio, to say the least. This is an amazing team that you've seen there. And, of course, that team can compete for any championship. What else do they need? Let me go ahead and tell you. They went out and got Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge. I'm telling you. They have a six-man squad of all All-Stars, or former All-Stars. This is, uh, hands down, one of the best teams put together right now. And, of course, you know, in this time and age of super teams, it's going to ruffle a couple feathers. So Steve Nash has been getting a little pushback due to the fact that he has such a phenomenal team. Now, this phenomenal team that he has put together with LaMarcus Aldridge going out there and being picked up off of... Uh, uh, he got he got his contract bought out, and then he was ended up being picked up by the Nets. Similar situation happened with Blake Griffin. Now another situation with Andre Drummond, just like that, has taken place with the Lakers. So of course the NBA is in a little bit of an uproar because of these uh, buyout situations are creating these super teams and eliminating parity in the NBA. Now that's currently the argument that's being set. But we are, they're all professionals. We are all here to play the game, and they are getting paid to play the game. So it doesn't matter what team you put together. It should only matter that they're going to go out and step on the floor and do something big. I'm hoping that that is the case because I've seen a super team get put together before with Lakers when you had Shaq, Kobe, Gary Payton, and Carl Malone. And still, it was, uh, it, it, it still worked out where it wasn't all together, the the type of um, team that they wanted. They, as a matter of fact, didn't win the championship. It was kind of a bust of a year. So I'm hoping that's not the same case for the Nets. But we stop and we think about it. Who does the Nets have to stand in front of them now in the East? Of course, you know, we got uh, the 76ers gearing up and tooling up to make sure that they can give a decent push. And Giannis is playing MVP level or MVP caliber basketball especially since the All-Star break, when he went and shot 100% from the field. Since then, he's been doing the same thing. He's been going at teams, playing big. So if you're not big enough, you're not going to be able to meet up with him. But now, with LaMarcus Aldridge being added to the Brooklyn Nets, it seems that they're big enough. Woo! So this is something that we got to keep a, keep an eye out for. But right now, I'm going to go ahead and tell you my really, 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 really early pick. Yes. 
only pick coming out of the East, hands down, is going to be the Brooklyn Nets. They have way too many weapons, even when they have people out, uh, Kevin, Kevin Durant, uh, even when they have people who take a little short sabbatical, a la Kyrie Irving, or even when they have people who are not playing to their level but still making things happen, such as James Harden, that, that team is different. Right, right now, now James Harden playing as a facilitator as he is, is making it very difficult. I'm sorry, he's a double digits or close to double digits on assists almost every night. He's making it where, uh, if you're going to play their level of basketball, in James Harden's work, this is going to be some scary hours. All right, let's go ahead and jump on. Now, we're going to move on because Warriors GM is, how should I put it? He's a little uh, perturbed with LeBron. Because uh, LeBron is, you know, LeBron doing what LeBron do. Because Steph do what Steph do. So now there's a, there's a bond going. If you if you haven't noticed, if you haven't been watching uh, Ball Court or haven't been listening, you would have known that LeBron likes to set up these meetings on All-Star break. And during this All-Star break, it was no different. Of course, he selected uh, Steph Curry to his team, which has never been on a team prior. And he really enjoyed playing with him. And he made it. He did not make a, he did not make it quiet about how much he enjoyed playing with him. As a matter of fact, he said words that are similar to what he had said with Anthony Davis, openly saying that, man, I really enjoy playing with him, and one day I would love to get to play with him, you know, side by side. Now, of course, you know, normally something said like this is just a oh, one-day type thing. But with Steph Curry right now looking at the end of his contract going into free agency, this is a kind of a scary comment to be made. As you know, that the Lakers are tooling up. They have Andre Drummond. They, there's a chance that um, Mark Gasol will be traded because, of course, the Lakers are not planning to buy out Mark Gasol, but there is a chance that he's going to be traded. And if he's not traded, he's going to be playing off of the bench with um, with Montrez. So it's not going to – that dynamic of having uh, – Mark Gasol there is probably going to be a great tool or a great piece that they can utilize later on in order to force a trade. But trust me, the Warriors are not looking into any kind of trade. And right now, with an extension not being signed by Steph, it gets those palms over there in Golden State. So it's become a little bit sweaty. So everybody's a little nervous about what could take place because you know LeBron, when he loves you, he's going to call you, he's going to choose you. And if you get picked, those roses might be in L.A. So I know that all of us is a little bit scared about what could possibly take place, but could you imagine next year a team with LeBron and Steph and A.D. and Andre Drummond? And Kuzma has been playing phenomenal. Of course, Ben Schroeder has been playing well as as well, so of course you want to add him into the mix. But we don't know if Dennis Schroeder is going to be there. Last time we checked, on his contract situation, it was like he um, it came to a standstill. They offered him an extension. He turned it down. It's right now at a standstill. We're hoping that we do, we're able to secure Dennis Schroeder as well as pick up. It would be nice to get a, you know, Steph from free agency. They did look good during the, you know, during the All-Star break. It's something that I could look forward to myself, and I would want to definitely go ahead and look forward to. Now, let's go ahead and jump on to the next story. I'm going to go back to Brooklyn with this story. Yes, I'm going back to Brooklyn on this. 
Kevin Durant. Yes, yes, yes. Kevin Durant right now is sitting out injured, and it's, you know, he's not on the court right now playing, but that did not stop him from getting some shots up. Yes. Of course, the easy money sniper, his trigger finger has now turned to Twitter fingers with his beat that he has with Mike Rappaport at this point in time. Now, I know you've heard about it, the, the oh, man, the profanity-laden uh, messages that he had going back and forth, calling him this, calling him that, threatening Mike Rappaport's family, and things of that nature. Of course, that led to an outcry. First, let's go ahead and... Uh, Let's go ahead and discuss a couple of things that was bothering me about the whole situation first. First, with Mike Rappaport, I know that this was a private DM that was going back and forth. And it seems like, this is in my humble opinion, it feels like uh, what Mike Rappaport was trying to do was trying to force, um, force Kevin Durant into that whole cancel culture with, is by exposing these uh, by exposing these messages going back and forth. Now, I definitely feel that if he was offended by these messages within the first set of them, he should definitely went ahead and made that public. But to have it continuously going on back and forth for months and escalating to a point where now you feel that you must make it public, it feels like there's uh, an, an alternative motive that is taking place why that is happening. But that's just me and the outsider looking in. But let's go ahead and discuss the facts. The facts of the matter is that Kevin Durant could not hold his tongue. He went off and on Mike Rappaport once again. So, of course, NBA pundits started thinking to themselves, why is Kevin Durant so sensitive? What is the problem? Why does he keep on getting baited into these situations where he now looks like uh, the bad guy? Let me go ahead and tell you. I don't think that it's about sensitivity or anything of that nature. Kevin Durant is the type of person that does wear his, he does wear his uh, feelings on his sleeve. And he is the type of person that is going to explode and go back and forth on Twitter. Now, as a professional, and this is a conversation that I was actually having with Sean Harvey, and please, I'm going to go ahead and call this out. If y'all not listening to the Sean Harvey Morning Show in the morning, what are you doing? Back to my show. Now, the conversation I was having with Sean Harvey was, what are we going to do? You know, how many games is he going to miss? Of course, you know, he's injured right now, so he's already missing games. So when the NBA hit him, they hit his pocket, finding him $50,000. That's a start. That is a start. But I must I must go ahead and agree with uh, what the co-host, uh, Sidney J, was stating on the show. It's going to be more than that. It's going to be uh, more than just a fine. We're going to need to go ahead and look into further, uh, like, further, we need further action. We need some way that we could avoid this from happening in the future. Because even though these athletes do not choose to be role models to kids, they are thrusted into a situation where they have to be. So we're going to have to find a way that we're going to have to curb this because this is an ongoing behavior. Pretty much every year since he's been in the league outside of the burner account, we're not going to talk about the burner account, but every year since he's been in the league, he's actually touched into some kind of a, some kind of conflict on social media. Now, we can tell him that, okay, we give him the Donald Trump treatment, get him a social media ban for a little bit, make, make sure he's able to calm down, go to a little uh, therapy, uh, see if he can work through these issues, and find out if he can try and do this in a more professional, in a more, uh, a more way that's going to be conducive to his brand. But for right now, 
right now, I don't think that $50,000 is going to really make a huge difference at this moment. Of course, that tirade, we've all got a chance to read it and got to hear some words that I myself would never go ahead and repeat, especially since I do have daughters and I don't feel like that is something that you should ever speak coming out of your mouth. I So I definitely could understand the uprising to say, hey, yes, we've got to do something immediately. There's got to be an immediate effect for the 50000 But what are we going to do later on to avoid this from happening again? Because the way the Brooklyn Nets look, they don't look like they're stopping from gearing up anytime soon. And so these uh, comments about, man, hey, they're stacking the table, they're doing this, Kevin Garnett, I mean, Kevin Durant, you can't win on your own, you can't do this on your own. All of these things that KD is facing right now and all of these uh, all of these opinions that's coming in right now, trust me, it's not going to stop. So we not, we're going to have to find a way so that he is not going to blow up again. And I feel that if you, if you put him into some kind of counseling or some kind of therapy, some kind of uh, way that we could ensure that this particular subject doesn't come back up, we got to do it. We got to do it. That's my opinion. I feel that, yes, go ahead. Finding the 50000 of course, he's already sitting out games, so you can't take away games. But finding the 50000 turn around and use that money to at least put him into some kind of uh, some kind of counseling. But that's just how I feel about it moving forward, you know? And, and Michael Rappaport, can I be the first to say, your time is over, bro. I, don't get me wrong, I really felt zebra head and all. I really felt what you were doing over there, but your time is over. Let these NBA players play. I understand that you feel like you should have a comment on everything, but you're not Bill Simmons. You're not like any kind of pundit in which you know the NBA is really listening to. So let these NBA players play. Let them let them do what they do because we can sit around and uh, criticize your latest movie career. But we would have nothing to talk about. Anyway, so let's go ahead and jump on. I want to take a coach's look at some of the at some of these top plays. Yes, I'm taking a coach's look at the, the April Fool's top plays. Mm-mm-mm. Let's go ahead and jump right into it. Okay, but before we do, I'm going to take a quick break. We're going to grab a quick breather. We're going to be right here on ball court. Uh, come on back. My name is Coach Drew, and this is the World of Basketball. Ball court. I am your host, Coach Drew, and this is the world of basketball. And of course, as I told you, that the world of basketball has been heated up. So I want to go ahead and jump off and take a quick little coach's look at certain events that has been happening in basketball over this last little bit. First, I got to talk about April Fools. Yes, we all talk about April Fools. We always think it's a joke that something's happening, somebody's getting clowned, or somebody's getting fooled. But hey, these top ten plays—they are not fooling around. Let's go ahead and take a look at the top 10 plays from April Fool's Day. All right. So, okay, I'm going to go ahead and jump right into it. 
let me tell you, because when we talk about when we talk about our players, when we talk about these plays, you want to go ahead and look at them on a completely different scale. You know? So number 10, let's get right into it. D driving down. Float pummel pummel with the flush down. Come on, watch this. I'm telling you, this is called teamwork. Now, you're going to notice that a lot of these plays is working off of teamwork. Watch this. They step up. Now, Lou Williams is coming out. He delivers a lot more than chicken wings. Check this pass. No look. Showing that the Atlanta Hawks said, hey, man, I'm here to play. And he is real. He is absolutely here to play. You know? Um, when we go in, we, we have a well, moment here. After that play. Look at that. Once again, Lou Williams doing his thing. And now, of course, we got to talk about Victor Oladipo. Victor Oladipo coming down on the break, stealing the ball, getting it on the fast break. Now, I'm happy that he's over in Miami. He looks great in those colors, and his first game was absolutely fabulous. But let's not forget, least not forget, the way the Detroit Pistons are playing now that uh, Blake Griffin is there. They're running the floor. They're getting steals and beautiful passes. I'm telling you, it's a different team. Not saying they're a better team. They're just a different team. And Zim. Now, I want to go ahead and jump right into number six. This is what I'm talking about. Look at this here. Look at this here. Right in number six. Look at the closeout. The problem that we have with basketball nowadays is that we're closing out incorrectly. And when the 76ers beat you on a closeout, they're going right to the rack. Duncan. 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 Let's jump into number five right here. We're going with the Brooklyn Nets. And, of course, Kyrie Irving with the dish. Yes, I said it correctly. Kyrie Irving with the dish. Jumping right over to Jeff Green, banging it down, making the Hornets feel like, man, we should have got LaMarcus Aldridge. All right, let's go into number four. Now, number four, this is good with the Clippers. Man, the Clippers had to face a, quite a tough time because Jokic is a big body that can pass. He can move the ball very well, catch him on the backside, watch that dunk go down. And, of course, we're going to go ahead and jump over to the uh, Nuggets and the Magic. Nuggets and the Magic. Let's take a look here. I'm sorry, the, the, the Pelicans and the Magic. Coming down court, banging it on them. Running down. Now, this is the thing. When you spread the floor like this and you're willing to make that, that open pass, you're going to get dunks on people. So the Sixers made sure that the Cavs knew that. And we're going to end it with Bam Abadayu banging it on people. I'm telling you, big Bam from Miami is a beast. And if you're going to spread the floor and make those passes, it's going to be hard to defend them. That was the top 10 plays from April Fool's. And I'm going to tell you, there was a couple people that was out there being clowned on those plays, and that is okay. Don't get me wrong. If your parents was watching, I apologize. I did not mean to show that play right then and there. But Bam Abadayu does not take no prisoners when he dunks on people. See, the reason why I want to go ahead and show that play and highlight those plays was because on April Fool's, it was kind of a weird situation that was taking place. I saw a lot of team basketball. I'm talking people, were, they were moving the ball well, team defense, trapping, swarming to the ball. And these things did take place, and they were highlighted in the top plays. So obviously, NBA pundits, just like myself, was looking at those plays saying, hey, you know what? We got to go ahead and highlight that. And that's why we had to take a coach's look at those top plays. All right. I'm always going to go ahead and take a coach's look at the women's NCAA tournament. I'm telling you, it is everything that the men's tournament was advertised to be. That women's NCAA Final Four, if anybody got a chance to sit down and watch it, we had four teams playing. It was uh, 
Stanford versus South Carolina. We had Arizona versus UConn. And, of course, anybody who knows basketball knows that these names are big-time names. Stanford, one of the best teams in the Pac-12. Um, South Carolina actually won the championship a couple years back in 2017, one of the strongest teams right now in the country. And, of course, we all know about UConn. UConn is on a completely different level with the AP Player of the Year, Paige Becker. So when they stepped into the ring with Arizona, Arizona was left short. The final four, take a look at this. Promo for the final four only included three teams. And the final four included three teams. They included Stanford because of their powerhouse name. They included UConn because you can't have a final four without UConn. And, of course, they included South Carolina. But Arizona was not left at the party. Now, this only led for more exciting basketball. I'm going to first jump into South Carolina versus Stanford. Now, Everybody sits there and say that, well, women's basketball is not that exciting. But obviously that wasn't the case. Twitter and the sports world was blowing up watching this game. Now, I, I will sit here and tell you that uh, Alyssa Boston, she played very well for South Carolina, using a big body that she had and also spreading the floor, hitting a couple threes early in the game to really start pushing South Carolina to uh, what was looking like a possible easy route of Stanford. Stanford came back. Stanford's level of defense that they have, the way that they're able to move and swarm to the ball, made it very difficult for South Carolina to ever pull away. Once Stanford was able to regain the lead and take the lead going into it, it became an uphill battle for South Carolina. And South Carolina, let me tell you, they were ready for this battle. They fought all the way. It came down to one shot. I, they had a great look at the rim on the layup. Of course, they missed the layup. Alyssa Boston was able to get the rebound and the putback inches away, and it rolls out the basket. No time left on the clock. Absolutely devastating for South Carolina. Absolutely amazing for uh, Stanford. But it's most amazing for the world of basketball. Everybody got to see how, how exciting women's basketball is and on such a small level. And if you weren't fully excited, if you were sitting there to yourself like, man, that looked pretty good, but it could be better, wait on. UConn actually decided that they're going to show you how to make it better. UConn versus Arizona. Now, this team, this matchup that you hear on paper, you're sitting here thinking that, well, okay, UConn's going to go in there and do what they do, you know? But me, as well as some of my friends, we were sitting around saying, it might not be that easy. Because I watched UConn play against Baylor, and they were able to barely skirt out of that with a missed call. And they were able to barely get that win due to that missed call. So Arizona took, uh, took a look at what Baylor was doing, and they improved on it. Let me tell you, Ari McDonald had an amazing night. She was shooting everywhere. I'm telling you, she, she came into the game as a 43%, you know, three-point shooter, which is, you know, step rank. And she showed out she can step, too. So she was hitting she sidestep threes, pulling up on the corner for a three. She, as a matter of fact, had about six threes in that first half. She was lighting it up. She was their leading scorer, but she was also in foul trouble. So her level of defense that they were playing was crazy. So she was literally on people. I'm talking getting right up there, getting in the face of defenders, getting in the face of her, uh, the offensive players, slowing down Paige Becker. Uh, not allowing her to catch the ball, denying her from the ball, and doing all of these great things. Mind you, she was in foul trouble. So this means that this was a high-level thinking 
a high level way of playing that you're playing without making contact and still stopping the AP player of the year. That's the game that we saw. This game was phenomenal from beginning to end. Yes, Arizona beat UConn by 10 points. You heard that correct. It was not a miss. There was not a mistake. They beat them by 10 points. Now, this was the same team that wasn't even in the promo beat the team that was guaranteed to win it all by 10 points. This was super exciting. And this was one of those edge on the edge type games. Every possession counted. Everything that uh, Paige was doing, she was trying. I'm telling you, she, she wasn't getting her shots early. Um, she was getting tied up early. So there were a lot of shots wasn't, wasn't falling. But as you came down the stretch, you felt that UConn could do what UConn could do. Now, there is a one controversial call that I really want to go ahead and discuss in that game. Now, the problem that we have with uh, youth sports or sports on a whole is there's that certain point of the game that a referee can actually steal a game from someone. Now, I felt that in this, uh, in the UConn game, UConn versus Arizona, Arizona held the game in hand for the entire game. They led the entire game. But I feel that the referees did not give UConn a chance. Here's where I felt that they didn't give them a chance. Even though the calls were pretty, you know, they were pretty called, it was called pretty even on both sides. The thing that bothered me the most was it was a phantom call, which fouled out the number one scorer, Christian Williams, on UConn. Once they fouled her out, it was like Arizona just got had a breath of fresh air. They knew that they could close this game out. They knew that if they continued that uh, high-level defense on Paige Becker, that it was only a matter of time before they played in the championship game. And, of course, at the end, there were three zeros on the clock and that buzz that sounded. Arizona was on top, and they will be in that national championship game. Now, this game alone was super exciting. I'm telling you, if you were, uh, if you were a UConn fan, it was gut-wrenching. And that's, you want games like that. This is something that you want as a sports fan. Now, if you, were a, uh, if you were an Arizona fan, this was probably one of the most amazing things that you've ever seen in basketball. So, hands down, I love it. Congratulations, Wildcats women. Y'all are going to the championship first in Stanford for a first ever Pac-12 national championship. Congratulations, ladies. And I'm going to tell you, I'm super excited about it. I know that the rest of America is excited. And if you love this kind of entertainment and you love it, what you see, please pay these women. Pay these women. I'm telling y'all, this is great. This is great uh, sports. This is great TV. Pay these women. Now, I want to go ahead and jump over into the next segment. All right. Now, this segment we know is known as a word from our coach. The, the topic that we're going to go ahead and talk about is why I have so many athletes through the transfer portal, right? Um, it's, it's a sad thing when you really look at it. When we take a look at Syracuse women's basketball team, eight players, eight players from that Syracuse team has already entered the transfer portal, right? You, you found uh, Diamond Johnson. Diamond Johnson last year was one of, there was number six on high school, uh, on the high school top 100 board. Uh, she decided to go to Rutgers. Diamond Johnson herself has entered the transfer portal. Uh, it, it leads me to believe that a lot of these athletes, I, and I'm seeing this a lot because I am an AAU coach myself, 
a lot of these athletes are geared to to want a um, basketball future that is not one for them, but is one for either their family, friends, or AAU coach. A lot of people steer them into a future that is not going to be the best for them. See, the thing is, a lot of these schools that are so-called the best schools are not exactly the best schools for this athlete or for this person. A college is a huge choice that you're making. This is a step to find out where are you going to be able to further your education in order to have a better future. It's, this is not a decision that solely could be made on basketball. You have environment. You have coaches. You have other teammates. You have other things that are uh, added to this, this decision. What a lot of our kids do, we find that, okay, some some kids have the Kevin Kevin Durant syndrome where they're going to, they know that they're good. And so what they want to do is find another team, another, another group of people who are just equally as good, and they're going to team up with them. They don't understand the situation that goes around it. See, what's the difference is between Kevin Durant and these high school kids going into college is that Kevin Durant knows basketball. Outside of probably a trainer or such, there's not too much else in basketball that you can teach a Kevin Durant. So when you're looking to team up with another star player, these are all stars that have that high-level caliber knowledge and IQ of basketball. Coming out of high school, going into college, we're still learning. You're still in that learning phase. So you need someone who's going to be able to teach you properly. And not just expect that you should know right off the bat, such as a Kevin Durant would. So these are the decisions that we need to make. Who's going to be the best teacher? What is going to be the best situation for those individual athletes? Instead of what's going to be the best super team or the next super team coming out of college? You can be the greatest player in high school. If you are stuck in the wrong program in college, you will never shine. You will never be the level of player that you know that you could be. Think about it. Eight players, eight players from one school have entered the transfer portal. Every single day, every single day over the last two months, I have heard of athletes after athletes, at least a minimum of five different athletes entered the transfer portal. And this is not just with women's basketball. This is also taking place in men's basketball as well. We have numbers of athletes transferring out at a large rate and an alarming rate. Now, the reason that they are transferring out, hands down, is because when you stop and you look at it, just stop and take one glance at the whole situation on a whole, you can clearly see that it's just not the right fit for them. They made a decision based off of what others thought would be best for them. Now, Diamond Johnson, I don't get me wrong, I, I love the fact that she went but I don't think that the Rutgers team was a great team around her. And her skill was not going to shine over at Rutgers. I would have better preferred the number six athlete in the country go to a team that is developed to play her style of basketball. Now, after watching the Final Four, I could clearly say that Arizona, Arizona would have better been a better option for Diamond Johnson hands down, because you can see that their style of play that Ari McDonald has is similar to uh, Diamond Johnson's style of play. So you add in that to Ari McDonald, what Ari McDonald's doing, or you add in Diamond Johnson to what Ari McDonald's doing, A, you have somebody who's teaching the youth coming, coming up behind them, as well as B, 
you have an amazing player. You have a player that's going to last on for a little bit longer. You have a coach that is probably a little bit more understanding of Diamond Johnson's situation. So with the Arizona coach, she's been there before. She's been a top-ranked high school player. So you have somebody who can relate to you. A lot of these athletes nowadays are running away from having a teacher as a coach and just having your coach as an agent. We can't do that anymore. And this is, this is just a word from the coach. We can't look at our kids like this anymore. We cannot no longer live our dreams through them. Allow them to play basketball in a fashion in which makes them happy, with a fashion which makes them develop, and don't force them to be a professional today or tomorrow. See, the way it is supposed to be as a student athlete, ideally, is that your athletic ability is going to allow you to get the education you need in order to move forward in life. So if your athletic ability is not providing that for you and you're still providing your athletic ability to that institution, you're being wrong. Hands down, you're being wrong. And that's why the transfer portal is quite filled at this moment. See, this was a word from the coach. I definitely want to thank y'all for hanging out with me and for joining me on this episode of Ball Court. I really do appreciate it. Hang around with me each and every time. You can find new episodes at CWN Sports, you know, Ball Court. Just go ahead and click on that link. Also, check out my, check out my articles on CWN Sports as well. I do have some insightful articles, and we go deeper into the conversations that we speak about. You know, we also have a couple videos that also pop up on CWN Sports as well. So here's what I want you to do. Go ahead, type that into your browser right now, cwnsports.com. Save it to your favorites, bookmark it, come and check me out on the weekly, and then we can have this little thing that we're doing right now. We can have it all the time. Also, I definitely want you to go, want you to go ahead and check out the Sean Harvey Morning Show. They're waking up every morning doing their thing. I mentioned them because sometimes I am on the show. You have to come out, hear me out. I do have some kind of intake sometimes. And, and at times, I can be pretty funny. But no, I'm no comparison to Sean, Denny, and Barbie. They keep you rolling all day long. Or at least for those three hours that you're listening, and then you're playing it back later on, and you're just laughing to yourself. All right? Also, I definitely want you to go ahead and holler at, check out the podcast, Women's Interrupted. They're doing some great things over there. Angel is a phenomenal host. They earn those ladies. They keep it going. They keep the smiles going as well as they talk about topics that's going to relate to women and men you need to listen to because these, these topics are going to help you out going forward as well. You know, you know, I'm the coach, so I'm trying to coach everyone. Also, definitely, definitely, definitely go ahead and listen to Let's Kick It. We got some new episodes coming up. We got some big things dropping. I know you heard about the new 420 Dunks that's coming along. Yes, the Maui Wowies is going to be phenomenal, and I'm gonna, we're going to feature it directly on Let's Kick It, that's going to be, we're going to put that together. Trust me, we're going to have that for you. All right, so I definitely want you to stick with CWN Sports as we grow and as we make things better. Also, check out check out Malik in the Blitz. I'm going to try and get him in on Let's Kick It so you can hear from Malik once again. And I want to thank all of y'all for listening. Thank you all for hanging out with me. This has been super special to me. I'm glad to be back. My name is Coach Drew. This is the World of Basketball, and you have been listening to and watching
This is a CWN Sports Network presentation.